one of the things about having a midlife crisis, and I would say a heart attack is a midlife crisis, if you survive it, is that we were able to like reassess what we wanted to do and start planning for a better outcome for our time. If you're someone who refuses to go along to get along, if you question whether the status quo is good enough for you and your family, you want to leave this world better off than you found it, and you consider independence a sacred thing, you may be a prepper, a gardener, a homesteader, a survivalist, a farmer, a rancher, an environmentalist, or a rugged outdoorsman. This show is for those who choose the road less traveled, the road to self-reliance, for those living a daring adventure, life off the grid. Uncle Mud, a.k.a. Chris McClellan, raises free-range organic children in the wilds of suburban Ohio. Building houses and pizza ovens and wood stoves with mud and junk is his way of sharing the can-do spirit. He writes, teaches workshops, and hosts a mud pit and DIY building demonstrations at fairs across the U.S. The rocket mass heaters in his double-wide dropped his heating bill from nearly $1,000 per month for propane to less than $75 per year. Your results may vary, but this guy is happy. Follow him on patreon.com slash Uncle Mud or facebook.com slash Uncle Mud. Uncle Mud, welcome to the Off the Grid Biz Podcast. Thank you very much. Well, then besides just what we heard in your bio, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. <laughs> I like to play in the mud. <laughs> Found a great job where I get to be a kid and go like to a summer camp and do an artist residency program where we get like as young as seven an impact driver and have them help us build a tree house or uh, have them help us uh, sculpt mud for a pizza oven that they uh, have a pizza party for their parents and later when they come to visit we get all muddy and then go jump in the lake and then do it again. It's great fun, but it also kind of um, illustrates the uh, divide between what a person can do and what we feel like we're encouraged to do. We're kind of encouraged to leave things to the experts and uh, go buy something rather than make it. And uh, that just doesn't sit well with a lot of the kids that I work with. Uh, and it doesn't sit well with me. So we just have fun to build our sense of, uh, of being able to do stuff ourselves. Sure, that's great. How did you get to here? What's your life story up to this point? So uh, when I was a kid, I uh, was in high school and I broke my leg. Uh, and I liked to build forts in the woods and, uh, and electric, little electric cars and things like that. And my dad bought me a copy of Lloyd Kahn's book, Shelter, that was almost as old as I was. But it, uh, it was the stories of people building their own place out of things they found around them. All of these uh, ways in which people made do and uh, not just made do, but also turned their life and their house into art. Uh, I've worn out six copies of that book since gone on to be able to write some articles for Lloyd and become friends with him. And uh, he introduced me to the crew at Mother Earth News Magazine, and I started writing for them. Started teaching mud building at their fairs, and uh, we actually started with just having a mud pit for the kids play in because their parents had come to these fairs 
each of them with a huge list of different workshops they wanted to participate in and different uh, different uh, events they wanted to see. They're just dragging their kids around to go to all these things until, uh, surprise, surprise, the kid kind of melts down. So we wanted to do something that the kids could have fun at. And it turned into uh, an amazing, fun success uh, to just get them sculpting little fairy houses, building things with the bricks and sticks and mud and stuff that I had sitting around for my, and then later I added other presentations for the grown-ups because they got curious too. Uh, and so I've been doing that since about 2012. It's grown into, uh, you know, also going and uh, building houses for people, teaching workshops all over the country. Uh, we even go to Jamaica uh, to teach mud building workshops because, uh, you know, people up in the mountains there will make 20 bucks a day and a sack of cement is 10 bucks and nobody can ever finish their house. So we go up and uh, find clay and uh, we find fiber and find sand and mix everything together and build houses. And we'll go walk by the side of the road, pick up all the bottles that people drop because there's no trash service there, turn them into um, uh, windows because uh, it can get really expensive to put windows in your house there. Everything has to be shipped into the island. You know, we've even started teaching a... Um, a two-week shop class for homesteaders up in the mountains in Montana every summer for permies.com to uh, get people to have the uh, skills and the confidence they need to go out and have their own place out in the woods, whether it's you know, wiring so they can set up their own solar or uh, and understand how much power they can use before they start to build their battery bank, or whether it's letting them drive a 16-ton excavator or uh, welds or push a sawmill. These are things that, uh, that don't really get taught in school, but uh, are really quite handy uh, if you're going to do things for yourself. So yeah, nice little confidence builders. And the, the materials that we try to use for these confidence builders are also materials you can get out of a dumpster or uh, a Craigslist or dig a hole in your backyard or instead of going and buying two by fours, uh, go out in the woods and find a tree that's kind of in the shade of another tree and not going to do well, uh, especially fun to do it with a tree that, that has, um, that maybe has some character to it, maybe curves around something else that it grew around. Those little trees make a great handle for a door. So instead of spending 30 bucks and uh, driving 40, 40 minutes to a big box store, uh, go for a walk in the woods with a handsaw, come back and shape something a little bit and uh, that's God's hardware store. At what point did this go from being a hobby to almost like a profession or a way of life for you? That when it grew into you basically being a teacher, how did that come about? Well, I had some wonderful opportunities. 2004, I was in California for a computer business, for a, a workshop for computer business I own. Uh, there wasn't any place less than about $200 a night to stay in. But there was campground with a hot springs about an hour away. And I went there. There's these people sitting in a corner laughing and scribbling on a piece of paper. And they just kind of struck me as having fun. And um, uh, whatever they were doing, they were very intent on. But they were, they were having a good time with it. When I got home, I was on the internet. And I found some pictures of houses being built with natural materials. There was a guy on the internet who had a natural building school, but the uh, number for the school was it was disconnected, and uh, there was uh, there were only about six pictures of anything he'd ever done in 35 years 
that were on the internet. I decided I needed to find this guy. Was getting ready to buy a plane ticket and fly back out west and uh, see if I could find this guy. And a friend, I mentioned it to a friend who said, "Oh, uh, he's not going to be there. Then he can actually be about six hours from your house at a natural building colloquium." So I grabbed my daughter and uh, who was six at the time. We drove out to uh, Bath, New York, for the Eastern Natural Building Colloquium and met about 200 of our new best friends. Uh, got to meet uh, several. Uh, lovely natural builders, including Sunray Kelly, whose work I'd been admiring, and who happened to be the guy who was sitting in the corner with his friends scribbling away, designing the Harbin Temple that uh, uh, they later built with uh, straw and clay and beautiful cedar wood. Went on to write a book with him and, and get more and more involved with helping people teach workshops uh, and learning as I was going along how to do this stuff myself and, and how to support other people's efforts you know, publishing books on these subjects or, or uh, getting a group together to learn how to do it. In the process, I managed to uh, survive a heart attack, but that told me that I needed to do something else with my time other than spend it all in front of a computer, be on call for 24 hours a day, because that was taking a toll on my health. So at that point, I dropped down to uh, about half time, got a partner for that business, and uh, started doing more traveling and more uh, natural building and teaching and writing. And uh, that daughter that uh, was with me when she was sick uh, has actually uh, you know, built her own two-story treehouse when she turned 18 and moved into it and lived there for about a year before going off to be a missionary and then coming back and getting married. And she just left to uh, go work on a uh, civil engineering degree uh, in Utah. So she's, uh, she wants to be able to, to stamp her own plan. So she's been right in the thick of it with us with the natural building thing. Uh, my whole family has, in fact, and a bunch of friends who end up being the mud family, uh, traveling all over together, uh, doing events together. That's just, that, that's so awesome. Living the dream there, it seems. I, I mean, you could tell, and for those of you who are, who are listening to this and may not have heard me discuss it before, I got to meet Uncle Mud at the, at the Mother Earth News Fair in Albany, Oregon, and got to see his, uh, one of his presentations on the rocket mass heaters. And you can just tell from how you carry yourself and how your crew around you all carry themselves that you're having a good time. I mean, you're doing one presentation right after the other. I think you're probably one of the most prolific presenters there for the entire thing. You're just go, go, go. And you could tell you're having a great time. And obviously, by how much you travel and everything else, you, you must enjoy it, right? Yeah, absolutely. We actually have figured out a way for my my wife and my kids to travel and do this with us too. Uh, you know, one of the things about having a midlife crisis, and I would say a heart attack is a midlife crisis, mm -hmm. uh, if you survive it, is uh, that we were able to like reassess what we wanted to do and start planning for a better outcome for our time. Sometimes it's, it's a little challenging, like when, when you have to... Uh, jump in the car and drive a quarter of the way across the country to go to to go teach for two days straight uh, and then drive again that can be a little much but uh, we've been able to figure out how to uh, keep the costs down I mean we've got a little camper we've made out of our Prius that just fits us and gets good enough gas mileage that uh, that we can afford to do these things rather than having to have a big RV and uh, and a big bill to go with it. 
and we get to spend, spend more time together and focus on the things that we care about. That's great. We've been talking to a lot of other uh, speakers and vendors from the Mother Earth News Fairs and just kind of looking at, you know, the business end of things and why they plug into these things. So besides the enjoyment that you get from it, what is your organization or uh, everything that you're doing right now or your business, what do you get out of going to these Mother Earth News Fairs? The most amazing thing is that uh, the Mother Earth News Fairs, people who show up for those tend to self-select as just really great people. I mean, the relative ratio of cool people to jerks is really, really low there compared to, uh, oh, say, being stuck in traffic on your way into a park. There's a pretty high ratio uh, uh, ratio there, I guess. In fact, it's easy to become one of them myself. I'm much more interested in hanging out with people who have already decided that they're going to do something that they care about, whether it's uh, having chicken uh, or you know, living off grid or just uh, you know, homeschooling or, um, or building a mud house. There's a certain focus uh, you get, people get when they say, oh, I'm going to come to the fair and learn about this, or even the people who come there to teach or organize it and choose to, uh, to spend their time organizing cool fairs like this rather than, say, uh, something that might be more lucrative, like uh, working for an amusement park or something. The, the people just have this dedication to something that is feeding their souls. I really like being around that, and uh, it makes it uh, worth the effort. We, uh, we've been transitioning from being dependent on my wife being a full-time teacher. She's been she's still a full-time teacher, but she's been able to afford the production in, in the work for an online charter school. Instead of being in a school that uh, you know takes all of her time and has her time each day, every day that she shows up, now we can uh, she can work online in the car while we're driving to an event or while we're camping somewhere if she has to, and uh, that gives us a great deal of freedom. The uh, the rocket heaters going from thousand dollars some months propane down to uh, seventy five dollars a year for hardwood cut off to the local flooring mill. That's a bit of freedom itself. And do other things I want to with that time, like uh, you know, stop and visit people who've been doing other cool things and take pictures and video and report on that. Uh, we've been starting uh, our own version of podcast, I guess, where we just, uh, when we go visit somebody, see something fun, we'll post the video on YouTube uh, through the Uncle Mud channel. And most of that, we've actually been collecting on uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Uncle Mud. We've been collecting all of the things we've been writing, the interviews, and, uh, and the projects that we've been doing over the last 15 years. Uh, we've been collecting that in one place so people can come and look at it and, uh, and kind of join us uh, on our little adventures. Okay, we're going to pause the conversation right there. What you're listening to right now is a special edition podcast. These episodes all have to do with the Mother Earth News Fair in Albany, Oregon of 2019. At the time I'm recording this, we have learned so much about how to take advantage of events, and I want you to be able to use this information in your own business. Go to brianjpombo.com secrets. We are going to be putting out helpful materials on how you can use events to grow your business. 
When you go to this page, you will either see our latest programs, or if you make it there early enough, you will see an email address capture page. Put in your email address, and we will be sure and update you as soon as we get these out there. You're not going to want to miss this. If you get in early enough, you can get a special deal. These are principles that never go away. These programs will be based on the experience of people who have written books, spoken at the events, or exhibited there, talking about how to use events, books, and speaking, all to build your business. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O dot com slash S-E-C-R-E-T-S. BrianJPombo.com slash secrets. And now, back to the conversation. Where did the Uncle Mud moniker begin? How did that come about? <laughs> well, uh, we were at a workshop where uh, my name is Chris, and there were about seven other Chris's there. So when somebody would say, hey, Chris, and all of us would look up, it kind of got to be uh, pointless, like saying, hey, you started calling me Mud instead because I was always the one in the mud actually adopted that and uncle mud seems to better represent the sense we want to uh, to create for this because the natural building tribe uh, has become uh, a an extended family for us we always know that people stop by and visit stay with us when they're on their way through and and we can do the same thing and and catch up on their school projects and on who's having babies and who's going to college and gone and uh, built themselves a little cottage in their parents' backyard. That sense of family just keeps getting bigger and better. And when uh, my, my mud sisters and my mud brothers will show up and build something with us or go with us to uh, check out something cool that uh, like Deke Diedrichson up in Vermont does YouTube channel uh, videos of the of the cool tree houses and tiny houses that he visits. He was with Mother of News Fair in Texas this year, saw our presentation on our daughter's treehouse. Well, saw her presentation on her treehouse and invited us to come beach Cobb at one of his workshops because they've learned how to build cool things out of junk. They'll use like old washing machine doors to make uh, funky windows for their tree houses, things like that. But they didn't know how to use the mud. So we came down and showed them because it's a really cool tool for your doodle belt. And we just keep running into situations like that. That's so cool. Very cool. Would you have any recommendations for anyone looking to have the type of ability to do lifestyle design like you've done? For yourself let's say someone's in a similar position they're stuck in a position either they they have a, a business that they're kind of stuck with or they're they're in a, a job that they don't like and they want to break out and do something like you've gone and done what would you recommend to them well um the first thing is probably to take a radical grip on your finances funny is uh, the reason we have anything nice is that my wife uh, heather will pays very close attention to the money coming in and going out uh, often her uh, her mood is very much affected by ratio of those things and uh my goodness uh like uh, last year there was a time when she just was in a really bad mood because we seemed to be behind on things and, and i was puzzling to me because as far as i was paying attention we seemed to be making good money and I finally said, well, why, where's all the money going? He says, well, we're just short because I paid off the house. <laughs> 
And so you're in a bad mood because we don't have any money because we don't have any money because you paid off the house so that we wouldn't have to spend that money anymore. She says, yeah, basically. I said, okay, well, we'll weather this. And, and we did. And, um, uh, and she just, she looked at it and said, you know, that's actually going to be doing better than any of the way, other ways we could invest our money right now. So let's get rid of a liability. Let's pay down the car early. Let's, uh, let's accept that something might be a little bit of a struggle but let's take this as a game and make a challenge out of it. And, uh, and there are so many things that are, are really games to, to the people and the companies that make lots of money off of their game, like a mortgage, for instance. That's uh, an old French word for death pledge. Back then, 30 years was a death pledge. Uh, now we live a little bit longer, but by then the house is worn out that we, uh, and needs a new roof, and then we have to borrow money for that, and so on and so forth. But just figuring out ways to lower your expenses gives you a great deal of freedom to then go do something else that you want to do. And then if you figure out how to do something that pays the bills, but is also something you love, even if you're only able to do it part-time, like the mud building, uh, you know, I still have to go in and punch the time card to keep sometimes to keep my, uh, my computer business going. But I'm able to spend more and more of my time and energy doing this thing I love and just really kind of focusing on something I would recommend to people who want to be able to make those decisions. So maybe two-bedroom apartment instead of a, a three-bedroom apartment. Uh, we wrote an article for Mother Earth News a few years ago, and it's actually been evolving since then, uh, of this notion of too small to fail in, in opposition to the, uh, to the bank that we all seem to have to support with our tax money because it's too big to allow it to fail. But on the other end of that, let's just say we, we do an experiment where instead of spending $600 a month for our share of the rent for an apartment, uh, we go make a deal with somebody to build a little cottage in their backyard. Maybe that cottage is not on land I own, so that's, that's kind of a risk. And it might be in an area where it's not legal to build something like that and live in it. So that's a risk. And you don't know very well how to build something. So that's a risk. But we've been conditioned to believe that a 30-year mortgage on a couple of hundred thousand dollars is no risk at all. Or even though who knows what's going to happen to the economy in the meantime, who knows if I'm even still going to be with the person that I made this big purchase with that I'm going to continue to have to pay on. You know, that's a risk that we've been conditioned to think is, is perfectly natural. But if I spend $6,000 building a cottage and I live on somebody else's land with the agreement that it's theirs after five years uh, and I walk away after five years, instead of spending $600 a month on rent, I walk away with $30,000 in my pocket. And that, um, that was a risk. Even if it doesn't work out, let's just say I'm there for a year before I get a job someplace else, or I still walk away with $1,800 compared to the money that would have been flushed down the toilet by being a, a renter. Or maybe I'm there for three months and I get the building halfway done and have a fight with the person who's, uh, whose land it is, or uh, something else doesn't work and I have to leave. Well, I'm down $1,800 if by comparison, but I can kind of walk away from that crash landing uh, of $1,800. Now, if I'd gone and bought $60,000 tiny house on wheels, 
and parked it at these people's place and then found out that I can't park it in that town and I don't have a place to park it. Well, that's a lot more risk for uh, relatively diminished returns. Uh, I mean, now I'm triple screwed because now I'm finding a place for me to stay and I'm paying the mortgage uh, on this tiny house that I couldn't live in and I'm paying for a place to store it. Keeping the expense low, like uh, like my daughter's treehouse, for instance, we got maybe $2,000 into it uh, and a fun family project. There was every chance that we could get a note saying, hey, yeah, people can't live in treehouses, stop it. If it was used for a few months or a year and then that happened, well, okay, I'm disappointed, but I'm not, uh, I'm not devastated. I'm not in trouble financially for it. So there's these risks that we can take that are you know, too small to fail. Absolutely. Great point and really good advice for, for those of you listening. Uncle Mud, if we were to talk a year from now, if we had you back on the show and we were to look back over the past 12 months, what would have had to have happened for you to feel happy with your progress? Oh, wow. Well, there are lots of things that would be exciting that um, I'd be very pleased if they happened, like you know, building more buildings with people. Uh, I actually enjoy a lot more the process of supporting somebody else's build. We just got back from North Carolina where we built a pizza oven uh, with a small community and a, um, a rocket mass heater to heat one of the, uh, the houses in this intentional community. And all the friends and family uh, neighbors came out in support of this. And we got it, this whole thing done in a long weekend. Uh, and it was fantastic fun. And, the, and you know, generally natural building is a slow process but you get enough hands in it and it's a fast process and it's a fun process. So doing more of that is what I'm looking forward to this year, spending more time uh, encouraging people to follow their dreams and to not be scared of them. Start with something that didn't work three times. You could still be excited by it fourth time and have it work and then do something bigger and then do something bigger. Get yourself comfortable with taking a particular chance. And then uh, when it, when you've got it, well-practiced do more that soon becomes kind of natural for us whereas uh we could it also become natural for us to uh hide in the house watching tv all day or only going out to work and get groceries and then you know we come to the end of our life and uh and what do we have to show for it but if we figure out how to do something so that we can be around our our babies and our grandbabies being around our sweeties more being out in nature or uh or out on the road if that's what you like. These things fill our souls in a way that uh, a simple paycheck doesn't mm -hmm. as much. So yeah, the finding more uh, cool uh, projects to do with people, that would make me very happy. Uh, watching, I'm enjoying watching my kids. Uh, I have an eight-year-old at home and then four in college right now going off and uh, you know, living their dreams and kind of fun to live that vicariously with them without having to stay up late and take tests and all that. Just get to uh, enjoy their successes and encourage them when things don't go as well. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually gearing up to do more workshops. We're going to be in Jamaica the second half of January, building rocket heaters and rocket water heaters. And uh, we're building a bathhouse down there out of bottles that just got left by the side of the road by people because they don't have a trash service. Wow. And, um, uh, and we're using cob and, uh, and the local limestone. We 
of and in a village where most of the people there hadn't ever had pizza and had a pizza party for the village. They, it was a lovely, lovely thing to spend time on. It's really kind of fun. They, uh, our adopted village calls, calls me Mr. Mood. <laughs> uh, but they, they come out and, and get in the mud with us. And, and we're looking forward to uh, demonstrating more with composting toilets down there because, you know, the water down there is just what you can catch off of your roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and if half the water in your house is going through your toilet, that uses it up pretty quick. And then you got to spend a lot of money to get another truckload of water up there. Hmm. Um, you know, but not just down in Jamaica. We're this coming week we're gonna be in Neosho, Missouri at the hmm. Ozark Homesteading Expo, uh, with uh just teaching these kind of classes, building a pizza oven on a trailer that somebody's gonna take home from from the event, uh, but not until after we've made some pizza with it. Oh. Uh, and uh, and then we'll be in mid September we're gonna be in uh Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. for the Mother Earth News Fair, uh, doing the same type of thing. Topeka, Kansas, for the Mother Earth News Fair in mid-October. We're going to be building a pizza oven there. And we're building a couple of rocket heaters between now and then. Uh, we do really enjoy uh, getting people to come out and work with us on the things. If you want to learn how to do something like this, you can come to a workshop where we feed you and, and teach you everything we know. Uh, and you get and you participate in the build so that you'll be able to do it when you get home. Um, or sometimes we have uh, internship positions where people just come and stay in our treehouse and uh, uh, and work with us on a local project. Uh, and we're really enjoying the re- the quality of the relationships we get with people who are so interested in improving what they know and what they can do. That's a fantastic type of person to hang out with. Yeah, that is so cool. What a great opportunity. What could listeners who may be interested in finding out more about all things Uncle Mud, uh, besides the Patreon and Facebook site that we mentioned, is there anywhere else they can go? So I have a website, UncleMud.com. And if you want to join us for one of the fairs, MotherEarthNewsFair.com is a good place to uh, connect with us and see what our schedules are going to be. We're going to be at all the fairs. Uh, this year in Texas and, and uh, Tennessee and Virginia and Oregon, Pennsylvania and Topeka in 2019-2020. We're going to be um, working with uh, people on buildings and ovens and so forth up here in Cleveland, Ohio. I live out in the communities east of Cleveland. We have wonderful partners that we work with in Michigan and uh, and Washington State and down in North Carolina do builds. Um, and we try to keep it local because, you know, you're going to find the soil slightly different wherever you are. And certainly the climate's different in Texas from it is here, where it is here. We want to figure out how to stay cool in Texas with passive cooling. And here up in Cleveland, we want passive heating. So we want to try to keep warm six months of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever your climate is, we kind of want to make sure that we get you the, the right information because it's easy to look on YouTube or get a book that was written for you know, Australia or, or the Southwest and then wonder why it doesn't work where you are. <laughs> yeah. like that. We'd like to have people succeed better than uh, more often than that. Absolutely. Well, are, are there any questions that I didn't ask you that you'd like to answer? Let me ask you, what are some of your favorite things to interview about? 
<laughs> I love digging into the person's background and their causes and the things that, that they're really interested in. And, not, and you've covered most of that. And then I also like to, to see where they're thinking in the long term as far as their business and, and where they see things going. And you, you pretty much covered all that. So, Yeah. Well, so you and I would, would definitely agree on the power of the story. You know, we, we get so much bad news, even on our Facebook feed. We get so much of the chaos of what the world is going through and relatively little encouragement and um and just finding out that somebody succeeded in doing the thing that you were sort of thinking about is very encouraging instead of your cousin telling you oh yeah well yeah those people got child services called on them you're going to go down in flames because you don't know what you're doing and whatnot nah let's let's stick with something positive let's let's um yeah there there are things to be aware of but they shouldn't be paralyzing us. We should be continuing to, to try to live our dreams and our adventures, and we should be sharing with each other the successes you know, and the nuances that led to success. So you know, don't tell me a failure story uh, unless you're telling me the specific of the things that, that didn't work on the road to the thing that worked, or telling me where you are on that road, even if that has included a bunch of breakdowns. Let's figure out where to go from there rather than giving up and the stories that we can share of, you know, of people succeeding and okay, what's your recipe for a lime wash? What's your uh, replacement for straw when you couldn't find any? What have you done for lowering your electric bill so that you could afford to go off grid with a couple of solar panels instead of some $60,000 array so that you could continue to watch the big TV and, um, <laughs> and have the, the air conditioning. Let's all just like chat about what worked instead of just throwing up our hands and saying, well, I guess we're doomed. We may be, but we're going to have a good time while we're on this trip. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that most about you. I, it's like your bio says about sharing the can-do spirit. And I think that's what you're all about. I can't wait to see more from you in the future. We'd love to have you back on the show because I know we've just barely scratched the surface of, of your perspective on things and where you're going from here. So Uncle Mud, thank you so much for being on the Off the Grid Biz Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I have the, the Uncle Mud Facebook page. And if you're doing something fun or you've had a success with building something out of mud or junk, I'd love if you'd share it with me on the Facebook page because the stories. Let's share people's successes and be proud of what, what we've done, um, even if it has cracks in it. That's your crack that you've made and not some expert's fancy thing, but it's yours that was good enough. And, uh, and I'd love to, to see more and more and share more and more examples if it's good enough. Awesome. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Have a lovely day. really a great interview something worth going back and re-listening to i know i got more out of it re-listening to it again i like chris's focus on collaboration and networking with other people always finding another way to be able to plug in with people who either have more experience than you in something or even less experience than you in something and being able to take your skills and meld them together into something better that's a really cool approach to life. And just in general, approaching life in a different way. You know, not accepting 
all the norms just because that's the way it is. That's the way we grew up with it. Really questioning things, but doing it in a real lighthearted manner. And it's given power to his concept of lifestyle design, being able to just live the life you want to live. And at the same sense, if you're looking to change your life, taking that radical grip on finances that he talked about, you know, paying off your debt, being too small to fail, having those situations where getting rid of those risks that are keeping you from growing, that all makes a lot of sense. One of the strongest concepts that he put forth was that idea of having a tribe and what he called his natural building tribe. So people with all the same direction, having an interest in natural building, he's created a community there. It's a community that spans the globe. He's been able to go all over the world training people how to do these very simple techniques. And in some cases, it's life-changing. He's developed that sense of family with complete strangers. And that's a real magical ability to have. And you can tell that he has it and he's growing his business that way, which is really cool. Overall, I'm, I'm certain this is not the last we'll hear from Uncle Mud. He's got a really interesting perspective on things and a lot that we can all learn from whether you're going through a midlife crisis or not. Join us again on the next Off the Grid Biz Podcast, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com, helping successful but overworked entrepreneurs transform their companies into dream assets. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Off the Grid Biz Podcast, go to offthegridbiz.com slash contact. Those who appear on this show do not necessarily endorse my beliefs, suggestions, or advice, or any of the services provided by our sponsor. Our theme music is Cold Sun by Dell. Our executive producer and head researcher is Sean E. Douglas. I'm Brian Pombo, and until next time, I wish you peace, freedom, and success.